Welcome back. Super stoked that you're tuning into this week's episode. And I cannot wait to dive into today's topic because we're talking about what I consider to be the holy grail in business. And that's the ability to create monthly recurring revenue. Now, if you're riding that roller coaster, emotional roller coaster of where's my next client coming from? Will I be able to generate enough sales next month to pay the bills, to, to live, to be comfortable? Then you're going to want to listen to this episode because our guest, Matthew, Holman is going to share with you how to create that monthly recurring revenue more specifically with a subscription model. Matthew Holman is a marketer technologist that loves e-commerce. He works directly with brands to unlock the power of subscriptions in their business. And he gives some really practical tips on how to do that and some really cool ideas of businesses that he's worked with and how they've integrated that into their business. So without further ado, please welcome Matthew to the show. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, I am super stoked to have Matthew on the show today to talk all things subscriptions, which I know lots of businesses are looking to integrate into their business. So without further ado, I'm just going to turn it over to you uh, so you can share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Matthew Holman. I run growth at a com- company called QPilot, which is a subscription software program. But as part of that, a lot of what I do is relates to research and content creation and education. So we work with our merchants directly as well as um, it's really just about anybody from, from a content perspective on helping people understand what what's moving the needle for, from a revenue perspective and from a growth perspective for subscription brands. So cool. And when you talk about subscription brands, are there certain types of businesses that are better fit for subscription versus others? Yes and no. I think it's a really interesting idea. Like, so we work primarily with e-commerce companies that are selling product online that are shipping a physical good. So like something's coming in the mail, so to speak. However, I, I mean, as part of like what we do with the subscription prescription content, we do go broader than that. And I think it it's an interesting question because I'll a lot of brands are trying to fix, they see this recurring revenue opportunity, right? Which is predictable. Finance likes it. You can borrow against it. It's a really great thing. So when, when you ask like what's better than others, there are some obvious ones, like again, like something that's being used or consumed regularly. But I think they're seeing some interesting in and around even just digital subscriptions or service-based subscriptions where you know, you say with a video content creation service, you can subscribe for a thousand dollars a month and get 30 videos. And it doesn't matter what, how many, you know, you just pick what you want to get. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think it comes down to like trying to understand what people want and what they're willing to pay for, which is just a broad answer, but it's what makes it kind of cool. Yeah. And I think you, you touched on that with the recurring uh, revenue, right? People want that predictability, that consistent revenue. Um, It helps with financing. It just helps with like, 
ease of mind knowing what's coming in every month or at least being able to predict that right. cash flow coming in. So in terms of getting like started with like how do you launch a subscription then? If you already have a a compelling case or argument for that, like customers are at that and so it seems pretty obvious then it's it's sometimes simpler to figure out how to offer that. If you're wondering whether you should do it or not, I would say you should just kind of come back to trying to ask existing customers or potential customers what type of services they're wanting, what types of problems they're seeing. It's like a very, and kind of coming up with an MVP. I think a really common mistake that we see is that people get too complicated or too fancy. You know, they want like this, this, this thing to happen in month two, and then the different thing to happen month three. And then by the time month six happens, they're like, and you're going to build an app and all this stuff. And so really just think about the easiest way you can kind of launch that. If you're selling on Shopify, or if you're doing e-commerce stuff, um, there's lots of simple apps or add-ons that make it really easy to kind of turn that on to get started with that. So I would look for some of the simplest ways to offer your basic value set and like what what you want to offer, right? If it's just, you want something to be able to show up on a monthly basis, you know, that's, there's a little bit of planning and configuring, but think about it like that. And then the thing I would always say is to not forget is, is data collection. So regardless of doing sure you're collecting reasons why people are buying and why people, and then the reasons why people are canceling, because that's going to give you a lot of really useful insight to go kind of like next level with it. And I wanted to dive into that when it comes to like retention versus like that churn rate or people like canceling. So is there like a period of time, like I've heard some statistics, like, you know, try to keep people on for like three months, six months, 12 months, you know, selling packages. Like, is there a strategy there for keeping people retained or keeping like people from unsubscribing basically? Like, is there a period of time or anything like that? Everyone's a little bit different. And that's kind of where it gets down to is like, you know, if, if your buddy's running a subscription company and their rates, like their typical drop-up points, like month five, you go into thinking you're going to month five, years to month seven, it could be month three. So it really comes down to like, first is understanding your own data, understanding what's happening. And so um, a really common statistic is an average like life cycle of a subscription, how, how long they're average on, but averages are tough because you'll have a quarter around for a long time, just launch it, having an average subscription life. If you've been an active for two months, it doesn't do you any good, right? So yeah. you, you want to start just putting some basic offers in place. If people are canceling or they're leaving, you want to be asking, right? And then seeing if you can make a simple offer to keep them around. And then as time goes on, you're going to be building a data set on how people are going. And what ends up happening is most brands start to see that there's a, like a, there's a common drop-off point, or there's a point they know if they get you to this point, you're going to be around for a long time on average. Right. So like, you know, a brand I was working with the other day, it's like, they know if they can get somebody to month four, they, they have a really solid group after that. Their churn from month four to five to six is really, really slight as compared to months one, two, and three. So they're taking actions to, to try to motivate people to get to that, but it's, a really common technique people usually start with are discounts or, or, or gifts. And, 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 and that's good thing to test with, but really you want to understand the user behavior behind what's happening. And so that's why that data collection is so important is, and just as a quick example, like a food company, um, heart dogs, they're just this great brand. They donate, um, 
food to shelter pets, right? Yeah. And they started doing this data collection and they found, you know, a lot of really common reason, similar to a lot of subscriptions, people cancel, they have too much product. Yeah. Well, the reason why people had too much product though was really, really critical to understand. It wasn't because they just, you know, it was because they weren't sure how much to order people have different dogs that consume at difference. Uh, and so they went back to their product. Yeah. So they went back to their product page and changed their product page. So it was easier to understand what to order and how much to order based on your size of dog. And that helped their conversion and their retention, their retention just changed. Consider that. So, so you want, that's why that is so important is if you're selling CBD, you're selling just even a service, really, you want to yeah. know why people canceling. It's like, oh, well, I didn't need this anymore. Well, why didn't you need it anymore? Oh, well, I was doing this other thing. Well, well, now if you're doing that other thing, maybe in month three, I start offering the other thing. Right. And so that's how you kind of want to be approaching the mentality is understanding what's happening and then see if you can fix that with vacation or messaging, that kind of stuff. Cool. And what a cool example, right? Is because, you know, you could write it off as, oh, well, people just canceled and they don't want it anymore or whatever, but it's, it's a really easy, a quick, simple tweak for them to make, right? Is like explaining it better for the customer of like what actually to order for their dog, for example. Uh, so they don't have a ton of leftover product that they're not able, able to use. So in terms of your software, what does your software actually do? Yeah. So we make it really, really easy to add the subscribe and save option on your website. And then, um, you know, we're adding a portal where people can come in and manage that. And then there's a lot of like data and plat like as a platform, we're managing all these change. So for us, we're really specifically as like a differentiator, we really, really care about delivery outcomes. And so, yeah. you know, if somebody wants to change, they're getting one package versus two pack or one small box versus a big box that changes shipping. Um, gotcha most shipping subscription software doesn't care about because it's fairly static or most businesses are fairly static, but we're seeing a future where people want more and more control. Yeah. So we're giving our, our merchants have, are able to offer their customers flexibility to do whatever they want with subscription. And we make all that stuff happen really, really easily and seamless with their back backend offers. So is that then like a plugin for like a, like yes. for yeah. Shopify yeah. or, and so what, where do, where can you integrate this on like any website or is it just through like um, yeah, Shopify primarily or WooCommerce and we're lot, yeah. yeah WooCommerce Shopify um, you know we'll hope Salesforce big commerce soon but m most most platforms will have some um, it's just a question of you either have the option of you feel like there's sometimes there's too few up big, big commerce has a couple options and Salesforce have a couple options Shopify is a ton yeah and and so if you're evaluating Shopify valuing software on Shopify, I always recommend you, you need to start with owning your, your kind of basic needs. Like what do you need it to do? Yeah. Get caught up in too many of the vessels until you know more about what you're trying to make happen. Cause different platforms will have, you know, different differentiators. Um, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then in terms of like, you know, again, I mean, mostly e-commerce is where you're kind of focused, but we do see in the service space now, people are, like you said, like the videos, right? Being able to get X amount of videos for X dollars per month or whatnot. Um, if somebody was interested at like assessing their business, I know that consumables is a, a an indicator, right? Like whether it's vitamins or CBD or dog food or good food or whatever, like something consumable that we know we're going to repeat it. But how can someone really assess whether or not their business is a good fit for subscription? 
It uh, definitely comes down to kind of like testing and also doing some interviews. So a, a really good example is a friend of mine uh, does podcast consulting. And so he yeah. was, he was, we were chatting about this just the other day and he was saying like, you know, I'm selling these podcast packages where I consult and, and help people launch a podcast. You know, could I offer that on a subscription? And I, and so the question is, is, well, what is the core reason why people are coming to you? And maybe the reason why they're not quite buying the full package. Is there a service or is there a problem that they have that you could offer on a subscription? So for example, if you have a lot of people who are DIYers on the podcast, but yeah. maybe just, they just have a question occasionally, right? So just the idea that they can maybe slack you whenever they want or with a question, could you charge 20 bucks a month for that? A hundred bucks a month for that? Instead of charging a three or four, $5,000 package, I'm doing it myself, but I really want to know, I could just ask you for some help every occasionally. And I don't want to pay you $150 an hour every time to do a call. So could I just pay you $150 a month? And and I get an app free whenever I want. So it's this, it's this, that's, that's the kind of that idea of like, start, if you start to ask what other problems are they having? What is the different, like, what am I missing from a conversion standpoint? Am I not getting somebody because they don't want to buy this, but they'd rather have this. So if you can start to ask those kind of questions and think, and so some really interesting ones that I'm seeing is people changing up how they're offering consulting, um, yeah. people changing how they're offering design time. So instead of necessarily I'm paying you per project, I'm paying you a reduced rate for uh, a guaranteed minimum number of projects is a, is a typical subscription. Now you're saying like with the video creation or content creation. And so I think yeah. you can just think about whether you can make that a little bit more dynamic. And the, and the goal with that is that you're going to capture more revenue without having to do a lot more work from your existing marketing channels because you're missing maybe or, or a, a potential like revenue opportunity that, that way. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we see this drive now one, I think for like, it's not necessarily passive income, but it's that like that recurring income. And it's right. not like you're recreating the wheel. You're just taking a bit right. of your wheel and maybe refining it to meet that subscription. Um, is there any other cool subscription stuff? Like, you know, I'd, I'd love for our listeners to hear like just more ideas of like cool subscription companies that you work with, like just different ideas of things that have come across your plate that you're like, this is super novel. Yeah. Um, one of the, I think that's happening a lot more that I think is really, really cool is, per, is personalization. And so, yeah. you know, a, a company that I, I love, um, it's called Herb Smith and it's another pet food company and will ask you questions about your dogs and then give you like recommended products and like health supplements and treats and, cool. and all these things. Um, uh, I think some others are like, you know, innovating around. Um, if you think about so the subscription, like say I go to buy like a supplements is a, another one I really like. Uh, if you think about I'm going to buy protein powder because I'm working out. Right. But it's also because I'm trying to make a gain. I'm trying to yeah. do something personally. So the idea that you could be have more engagement, whether that's an app or a community where you're learning more about my goals and I'm checking in with the brand because there's some trust there. Yeah. And so like, say if I'm in a bulk up phase and I'm buying this X certain sets of products, and then I reach a plateau and I'm like, you know what, now I want to tone up and I want different products. 
I think what's really cool is that there's more brands that are trying to engage with that and get more information related. So then, then they can, they can offer more products. It's like, Oh, you don't, you're not taking your protein now. You want this, you want to take this product now yeah, because uh, your goal shifted or changed or, you know what I mean? Or like, Oh, you need to add this pre-workout you've plateaued, right? Like you should yeah. be adding this kind of thing. And so that's where I think is really cool with the subscriptions. It's, it's not, it's, it's the engagement. It's if you're finding more opportunities to engage community, uh, getting more information, you can, you can drive you. It, it's just beautiful as a marketer. I get a yeah. giddy because it's like, you're getting all this extra information, which means you can sell to people more. <laughs> totally, totally. And just, I, I love the personalization thing for sure. Um, I owned a brick and mortar and that was one of the, and we've sold it now, but it was custom winemaking. And that was the one oh. thing that we stood out with because we would personalize, they could come in and personalize the labels, the shrink wraps that they put on their bottles and they would walk away and then they would serve this bottle at family dinner or friend's house. And the label would be funny. And then people would come in and go like, I want, I want a bottle that has my name on it or yeah. whatever. Right. And that would just get so much traffic through our doors. Right. And I think the subscription thing, when you talk about the proteins as well, or vitamins or whatever, like people's lives change. So, so like you said, the more you can get right. data from somebody about where they're at and where they're going so that they don't fall off because they're like, well, I'm what you're offering no longer appeals to me because I'm in this different phase of my life or workout or whatever it is and, and how to get more of that. And as a marketer, I just absolutely love that data collection piece of being able to go, okay, what, what, what other products can we sort of sell? So in terms of any other mistakes that people are making when it comes to launching, I know like being really simple, like starting at the, out of the gate of like, do the thing that's simple. Don't do all of sort of the bells and whistles, but are there any other like big mistakes that you see companies making when they go to launch a subscription? It, it, it does come back to like, you know, this, the idea of like you're building without customer input, um, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're like BMW, the, the example I like to cite is BMW launched earlier this year, a subscription around seat heating in their cars. Wow. Basically you're buying a, you're buying a BMW. Yeah. It comes with the technology to heat the seat, but you got to pay them $20 a month to have access to the seat heater. So I, I don't know. I'm not in, I wasn't in their internal meetings. They did not consult with me. So I can't say, I, but I would assume they either didn't get or had really horrible customer feedback about that, but they still launched it anyway. And they're probably still going to launch it anyway. But, it, but for me, the example is like, oh, well, instead of launch, if you're trying to add subscriptions to BMW, like people aren't going to want to pay $20 for a seat heater, but would they pay $20 a month, get on a zoom call with the engineer behind and like somebody who's test driving the new, like series leasing. It's yeah. like, hell yeah. But what, right. Like, so thinking about that kind of thing is just don't, don't build what you think you want to sell, build what you, what your customers are telling you they want to buy or that you see as a problem that you could, you could really capitalize on because you've got a great offer. Yeah. And that heat seating thing, like, I, yeah, I mean, I could see people, the backlash of that for sure, because it's like, you've already bought the expensive car yeah. and now, now you're going to make me pay for these additionals. Right. right. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, we see, we saw radio subscription, right? Like Spotify and, and that sort of rollout. Um, but I know when serious radio, I think rolled out, I don't think it was meant it's, it would be like, you buy the BMW and you have to have serious radio and you can't have any other access to radio unless you subscribe. Like that right. would be maddening for a consumer, right? Is like, right. well, I should be able to control the radio in my car. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. And in terms of benefits, again, we, we talked about the recurring, we talked about being able to get financing, like what are some of the other benefits for businesses, um, to add a subscription? I think it comes down to that engagement in the data side of things, right? So the, the, the most powerful e-commerce companies aren't doing it just because current revenue, they're doing it because it allows them to get more information from their customers around what they're using what they're caring about their goals that kind of thing and when you know that you can you can develop more products you can um you can find more ways to um you know create revenue opportunities from customers because they're telling you what they want and what they need so again a great example is if you're selling like if you're selling a single skew of something right you say you're selling just sweaters yeah. right that might not seem like a great opportunity for a subscription business but maybe people are buying the sweaters because they're funny or they're interesting and they would want to get a different one each time or you know like you yeah. you, you have this assumption of why people are buying but until you figure that out and so any any business as you're as you mentioned too is like you want that data you want to yeah. know so for, for us, think of it like I like to think of subscribers are your potentially your best customers that the people that love yeah. your product the most. So capitalize on that more information, understand more about what they want, drive that kind of engagement. And you're just going to have tons of opportunities to create um, revenue for your business. Yeah. And it's just, it's, Profit, it's a, really. yeah, totally. And it's not necessarily a one or the other, right? When we see with vitamins, even, well, I mean, you start to see a lot of this on Amazon, but you can order like a vitamin one thing or they, or there's the subscription there. So it's not like if you choose subscription for your business, it's not like a one track thing. It's just another way to make profit or revenue in your business. And as most business owners, well, they should know by now is that, that, that loyal customer, the one that's recurring and buying over and over and over again, like you said, is, is your most loyal customer. They're the easiest ones to sell to, um, and will continue to buy from you if you give them what you, what they ultimately desire. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, one thing I think is important, like you were making yeah. me think of it, the idea is that the typical repeat purchase processes you look at past data and you understand on average when people come back back to yeah. make another purchase, right? And that and that and that can be good. And there's levers you can pull to kind of like try to motivate that. But it's only so far you can go. The difference with a subscription is you have stuff that's happening into the future. Yeah. And so you have customers that are already committing to make purchases with you, and it gives you a different set of data and a different kind of insight of what they're using and how they're using it and why. And you can often, if you understand that, you can get ahead of it more, right? And so a good example too is if people are dropping off month three on a product and you know that's because people aren't using it enough to see the results, you can emphasize how much, how important daily usage is for people that are successfully changing X, right? Yeah. So you know people are trying to change X in their life. You're emphasizing how much product usage does that. That just doing something like that can push people from month three to month four, month five. Yeah, and I think, you know, the understanding usage better, right? Because like you said right. before, you know, we, again, produce small scale oh. wine, custom wine for people. And our whole thing was, is if we can get 700 loyal customers that buy four times a year, you know, we've built a successful business model based on profit and all of that. And, but we were wanting, we're trying to predict how much they drank in a period of time. And obviously everybody's different, but had we integrated a subscription we would actually know because similar to the dog company, if the subscription renewed and they were dropping off because 
they were still not out of their wine, we'd be able to sort of gauge that usage right. way better than, um, than just sort of kind of predicting and putting out, you know, every quarter, a discount or a call to come back into the store or whatever. Um, so it's just a beautiful way yeah, to gauge customer behavior a lot better um, and just build up that, that, that data points to be able to sell to them in a more customized and personalized way that you're not hitting them with stuff when they actually don't need it or they don't need to refill the vitamin or the dog food or whatever. So it's just a cool way. I just or they're, running, the- or they're running out. Yes. And would buy more often, right? Like you're doing the four times a year and it's like, you know, month, quarter three, people usually need more or quarter four because of the holidays. And so you're giving that upsell. Hey, like people usually run out of holidays. You want extra bottle because you know that from your data. Yeah, no, totally. You can nail on the head. Yeah, totally. And I just love the different, I loved seeing all of these different types and styles of businesses integrating subscription, right? Whether it's product or service consulting, right? Like how can you add these recurring income streams into your business? Like, so that it, you have that predictable, um, income, but also learning from your customers even more, which is, which is phenomenal. Um, I know we've chatted about a lot here around subscriptions. There's lots of really great examples. Is there anything else you'd love to share with our listeners that maybe we haven't touched on? Um, I would just emphasize, I mean, I mentioned a little bit, but the power of community, like, you know, you mentioned like wanting to get 700 customers, right? So the idea of you setting this goal or this idea, like I just need a hundred evangelists. Yeah. Right. Like whether that's, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it, whether you're starting Facebook groups, just going to markets or connecting with people locally, like finding ways to just, if, if you're trying to, if you do believe you answer to a problem, start yeah. to find people and see if you can build a community of people, because ultimately that community can be a great way of answering questions about the product, about um, getting other people interested. It, it helps customer support because people go to the group to ask questions around things instead of necessarily just bugging you. Um, and you can create, so I, I just think for me, when I say subscription is a great way to engage that really dovetails into community, um, loyalty and other things like that. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's just such a beautiful point too, because, you know, again, from the business perspective, we're like, how can we create this recurring income? But when you create that community, and again, I think that's why we experience a lot of success in our brick and mortar was because of the word of mouth, right? It was like, we, we personalize things, right. then people take wine and talk about it at their kitchen table. And then they come in and there was this experience that we created. And, and so the community around that, I think is, is such a key point. And then also, I think that just builds more loyalty, right? When people, when they're engaging with each other and they're learning from each other and um, yeah. So is there any, any advice you have about creating community? Like point like besides just having like the subscription the software set up and the ease of ordering and all of that but like in terms of community building have you seen any really cool things with people that they've done that um have established that yeah i think i mean there's a couple things and we could talk about this for a long time because yeah. that's something outside i do personally like building e-commerce i'm building an uh, e-commerce community um yeah so i i a couple things one don't don't overcomplicate it yeah. Like you see these groups with hundreds of thousands of members. Don't think about how that got built. Just think yeah. about, uh, you could literally start a Facebook group. Like again, if, if you think uh, you have a problem with people who want um, fractional video editing, 
Um, you could literally start a Facebook group about video editing and just start some tips on how to do quick video editing or how to vet contractors, stuff like that. People will find you on Facebook, right? Um, that happens naturally, organically. You could yeah. also then start inviting people or talking to people, have conversations. So if you're thinking about having more conversations with people and then have a place that you can push people to, right? Like, yeah. in, or invite people to, I've got a Slack, I've got a Discord, I've got a Facebook group, um, you know, or I have a weekly or monthly newsletter, um, yeah. of a lot of other people like that are, that are having the same kind of like questions or problems. Um, and then you just want to think about how you're going to continue to try to engage, um, and find value. I personally love doing events, um, cool. meetups are another yeah. great example. Like, you know, if you're selling a new protein bar for wilderness people and you want to start doing meetups around hiking and then yeah. you share your protein bars, just, Oh, this is some fun, cool stuff. And yeah. I just love the outdoors and that's why we're here. And, you know, so just about simple ways to engage like that is how you would start. And then that will start to give you those ideas on how you can try to like, you know, add scale to the community or get other people to invite people into the community for you. So cool. So cool. And I know our listeners are going to love this. Uh, where can they find you if they want to connect with you, chat with you more? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I've got a YouTube channel subscription prescription. I'm also very active on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, so give me a shout, Matthew Holman, um, Twitter, a subscription doc. Um, you can connect with me there. You can also find my links to my weekly newsletter. Um, but I'm always happy to chat with anybody when, when it comes to e-commerce and especially subscriptions. So cool. And we will link all of those up in the show notes so that our listeners can uh, quickly access those for you. Again, it's been such a pleasure. I have so many ideas in my brain going about <laughs> subscription and how I can add subscriptions into my business. So uh, thank you. And I know yes. our listeners are going to love this. So thank you, Kevin. There are so many cool ways that you can integrate subscriptions into your business. Even if you think it doesn't work for your specific business, I know that Matthew shared some really cool examples. And so it's definitely something to consider, especially if you want to get off that emotional roller coaster of that worry, that angst of where's my next client or customer coming from. It's not a very comfortable place to be as a business owner. It just doesn't feel very good. And it makes you not really feel that safe in your business. So definitely something to consider. Now on to next week's episode. It's a bit of a two-part series. I am sharing with you how I've been able to attract two to three sales calls into my calendar each week basically on autopilot. Yes, there was some front end legwork that had to happen to do this and to build this and whatnot. So I'm sharing it over a two-part series. You're not going to want to miss these episodes. So be sure to subscribe to the show so that you can hear uh, what I have to say. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.